This morning's scripture reading is found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. And I will be reading out of Matthew, chapter 28. It is in the New Testament section of your Bible. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was an earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like a lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then quickly, and, and tell his disciples, he has been raised from the dead, and indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greeting. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers and go and to Galilee. There will I see them. This is the word of the Lord. I don't know how many of you have had a job that you always remember with great fondness. Perhaps it was that job that when you were a, a, a student and you went to camp, summer camps and you were a counselor and, and you get to do all those weird things at night. <coughs> Maybe. Maybe it's a job that you held at a pet shop and you are one of those persons who like pets and, and you really enjoyed and you go back to that memory of that favorite job. How many of you have that memory of a favorite job in your youth? Well, I have one too. And I used to be a tour guide in Washington, D.C. And today I am going to uh, remember that a little bit uh, because we're going to go on a tour. I want to invite you all to come with me to the House of the Resurrection. Follow me. There are no pictures allowed in this tour. Please stay together and don't get lost. Should you have a question, wait until my discourse and I will be able to answer your question at the end of the tour. But in the meantime, I would like for you to join me because the House of the Resurrection is a very special house. It is a house built right on the solid rock of faith. The walls are made of solid oak. Oak that came from the strength of hope. The curtains in this beautiful house are all laced with grace and love and tendered with feathers of peace and patience. But today, because it's so late and, and it's such a short time, we won't be able to go inside the house. But I have asked permission for the owner of the house to let us walk outside the gardens and at least peek through four of the windows of the house of the resurrection. So the tender, and the curator of the house has given me permission. How many of you want, want to join me to see at least from outside the windows of the resurrection? Will you join me? Stay together. Don't get lost. Don't get distracted. Always follow the person with a feather and you won't get lost. As we approach the windows of the house of the resurrection, the first window that we're going to see is the window of Matthew. 
And that's the passage that we read. In this window, what we find is that, my goodness, there was an earthquake. The women were heading to the tomb to check what was happening because they were going to embalm the body of their master. But there was an earthquake and something happened. An angel from heaven came down and decided to move the stone. And I love the phrase, and he sat on it. Quiet, calm, and at peace. That rock that walked life from death became the first pulpit to proclaim the gospel. As the angel said, go tell his disciples that he is no longer dead. That he has risen from the dead just as he said. I wonder, and I wonder, how many rocks and how many boulders are blocking you from a greater faith? What are the things that are between you and God? What is the stumbling rocks that don't allow you to grow closer to Jesus and God in greater faith and greater passion towards Jesus? Whatever rock it can be, in Matthew, in that window, we see the power of the resurrection. As Rembrandt depicts it in this painting, he just, the angel just moves the stone. Death cannot hold anyone, but God is powerful enough to change your circumstances, to remove whatever stone is blocking you from a better relationship, from a better life, from having a closer relationship with Jesus. Whatever block there is, the power of the resurrection can move it because it moved the stone that kept Jesus blocked in the grave. He is not here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Power in the window of Matthew. Follow me. Please stay together. Don't get lost. Remember, no pictures in this tour. As we go from the window of Matthew and we go to the window of Mark, the next gospel, we're going to see Peter. Why Peter? Peter, he was the one that the angel afforded. When we read the scripture, what happened in the book of Mark during the resurrection, we read that the angel had come down. We read that the women were approaching the angel, but the angel said almost the same thing. And the angel said, go tell his disciples and Peter. Wow. Peter was singled out in that call. Peter was named individually. Not because he was so great. Not because he was such a thunderous voice. But because Jesus knew he was down. He was feeling guilty. And he was feeling bad. Because he had betrayed Jesus just hours before. He had turned his back to the master. He had turned, yes, this is Peter. The one who became a fisherman, fisher of men. This is Peter, the one who walked on water. Oh, he sank my dear sister and brother. But he got to walk on water. He walked. No matter that he sank, he walked on water. This is the Peter that saw the glory of Christ in the mountain of transfiguration. This is the Peter that betrayed our Lord Jesus Christ. And as El Greco has him here depicted, we see Peter with tears coming down his cheeks. Because he knows that he has betrayed his master. But guess what? The angel singles out Peter and tells him, Go tell the disciples and Peter. Why? Because Jesus is about to restore Peter. Jesus is about to offer Peter forgiveness. Forgiveness from everything Peter had done. The freedom of guilt. The freedom of, of condemnation. Jesus is going to forgive Peter. And Peter, still with his mixed feelings, he is struggling and battling. Is it for real? Can I truly be forgiven? 
In the window of Mark, what we can see is that there is forgiveness. My sister and my brother, I don't care what your sin has been. I don't care. Bring it on. Bring it on. Because Jesus is powerful enough to forgive, cleanse, and give you that peace. Yes. If in the window of Matthew we found power to work with our lives and to transform our lives, in the window of Mark we find eternal forgiveness, redemption, that Jesus not only offered to Peter, but to all of us. Follow me. Let's go to the window of Luke. Stay together. Stay together. Follow me. Stay in the group. Don't get distracted. Okay? Don't get distracted. Remember, no pictures. Shadow, no pictures. Put that camera away. Uh, very good. Stay together. We're going to go now to the window of Luke. Between Mark and Luke. Oh, look at the garden of the Samaritan. That's the only place that we find the story of the Samaritan in the Gospel of Luke. Look at the fish. 5,000 people ate. Wow. Here's the window of Luke. And as we approach the window of Luke, we find two people. Two people. I like to say it's a couple. A man and a woman. They left Jerusalem afraid, scared. Oh, they were really scared. Because their masters had just been arrested. Their master had just been crucified. And this couple, this man and this woman, were living through the road of Emmaus. They were on the way to Emmaus back home. Maybe this was a couple who, who saw the powerful, mighty works of Jesus. And they decided to follow Jesus because he promised to be the Messiah. He promised the power. Oh, they saw him heal the dead, raise the dead. They saw him heal the sick. They saw him speak words that changed people's lives. Like Matthew, follow me. And the guy followed Jesus. What an amazing thing. But in here, these two who have seen the power of God, now they see their master arrested, beaten up, and buried. And they're going back home frustrated, in failure, dissolution, because what they thought was it, was not. But as they were going in the road, suddenly this stranger, this stranger who they didn't recognize, interrupts them. Like I like, remember I told you about interruptions? He interrupts them right in the middle of the walk back home in frustrations. And this stranger asked them, what are you talking about? What are you guys chatting about? Well, haven't you heard the things that happened in Jerusalem lately? Who are you? Where have you been? Everybody knows what has happened. They have taken our master. They have crucified him. And the stranger decides to, to begin to speak words that I wish I would have been in that walk to Emmaus. Because the stranger began to tell him that it was necessary all the way from the Old Testament into the experiences of the first century. He began to tell them how it was necessary for the Master, for the Savior to suffer for our redemption. It was necessary. But while they're getting there to Emmaus, they're going to go to their house, but suddenly the stranger kind of fakes it away that he's going somewhere place else. But the two disciples, the lady and the gentleman, by the way, his name was Cleophas. And if you want to ask what was the name of the lady disciple, I can tell you her name is in John 19. They invited Jesus for a meal. Because it was getting dark. And while Jesus is right there having the meal with them, he takes the bread. He takes the bread. And as he breaks it, he disappears. He disappears. The bread must have fallen down. Because if he is blessing the bread and it's, he does something that disappears, that bread must have come down into the table. And they realize, oh my gosh, it was him. 
It was the Master. It was Jesus Himself who was with us. It was the Master who gave us that amazing Bible study on the road to Emmaus. It was Him. No wonder our heart was burning. And these two ran all the way back to Jerusalem to tell the disciples. The Gospel of Mark's telling them. They got to the house of the disciples, to the upper room, and guess what? The disciples didn't believe him. I don't know if I would. A dead man got up to walk? Come on. Peter was still there, you see? But as we leave the window from Luke, and we approach the window of John, we find the gardens of the I Ams. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the resurrection. I am the life. And John, in his gospel, he talks about the women going to the, t- to the tomb. And he talks about the women actually meeting the Lord Jesus Christ. And right in the midst of their sadness and their, and their frustration and their depression, perhaps, they actually meet the Lord. And it's like he calls them by her first name. He called her by Pat, Frida, Pam, Alice. She replied, my master, my Lord. What an amazing experience. But she didn't stay there. She was one of the first evangelist people because she ran from that tomb and went off to the house where the disciples were hiding and told Peter and told John. And the two started running. They started running. If you see the picture here, this is a painting from the, from the 1800s. And the faces of this man is amazing. Peter is running, but he's running almost with a question. Would it be for real? Is it for real? Is there a chance that it's for real? Did he really rise from the dead? And John is kind of like, I'm going. I'm going to go see. I'm going to go see. John gets first to the tomb. John, younger, he runs. He gets there first. He waits then for Peter not to go in. But when John went in, and when Peter went in, there were two different experiences. When Peter went in, and he kind of looked and saw the linens, the linens where the body of the Lord had been wrapped up, he backed off and probably had questions. But John, John, my sister and my brother, John was at the feet of that cross. John was with his mother. John was with the other Marys at the feet of that cross. And it was probably John who helped bring that body down from the cross. It was probably John who helped the mother Mary wrap up the body, wrap up that lovable body in the linens and wrapped them up. And wrapped, they got bloody and they got dirty. The scripture tells us that when John walked in the tomb and saw the linens, he saw the linens of the resurrected Lord empty. Empty. He was not there. Scripture says that he believed. He truly believed. His eyes, his heart, his mind was changed. Because now the linens that were death, that were sadness, that were failure and frustration, now they're linens of victory. Now they're linens that we place on crosses. Now there are linens that proclaim that Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen 
So if in the window of Matthew, of Mar of Matthew, we find power that can change our lives, and in the window of Mark, we find the chance, that second chance, that third chance, that fifth chance to get back right with God and with one another. And in the book of Luke, we find that friend that's gonna tell us all that we need to know to be successful in life. And in John, in John, we find the faith, we find the truth, we find the fact that he is no longer there. My brother, my sister, how are you going to respond to the story? What are you going to do to the story? Not only today, but tomorrow, and Tuesday, and Wednesday. That, that man got up and walked, and he lives, and he reigns forevermore. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Amen. At this moment, I would like to encourage each one of you precisely to make that decision, to make that commitment this morning. What stumbling block needs to be moved from your heart, from your life? Identify it and we'll pray it out. What other situation, what guilt is keeping you away from the joyous relationship with Jesus? We're going to pray it out. It's promised. Are you lonely and don't know about God? Get close to the master who teaches and who lives and is with us. And then believe, believe, believe. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for this moment and for your word. We thank you for your spirit that is moving the hearts of men and women, children, and young persons here. We ask your blessing. We ask the power of your transformation. We ask the power of your spirit to touch us, to heal us, to guide us in the direction we need to go so that we can come closer to you, O oh Lord. We thank you for the power of your resurrection. We thank you for your resurrection power that gives us the opportunity of the reality that there is a tomorrow. No matter what we experience today, there is a tomorrow. Through Christ our Lord, we thank you. Amen. And amen.